0: After a 3 and 9 season, you're expecting an off season of just doldrums, bad news and just sadness. But on Wednesday night, BC got not just one piece of grid news, but two. We're going to get into a transfer and a big name returning to Chestnut Hill on today's locked on Boston College.
1: You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Locked On BC, AJ Black here. Happy thursday everyone if you're listening live happy wednesday you know i when you're in the off season sometimes when you're prepping for a show like this you're just like you know going into the uh early afternoon i was going man what the hell am i going to talk about there's nothing nothing going on and then in the span of the last hour and a half i've been writing prepping changing things changing scripts going over changing um you know graphics because bc got not just one piece of good news but two pieces of good news and we're going to dive into all of it today and when he heard the news he had to jump on it as well of course i have with me mitch wolf mitch how's it going
1: doing better now uh like you said two pieces of great news honestly uh for BC football uh that again do actually give something to talk about so let's jump right in
0: Yeah. So I didn't even know which one to start with, but transfer portal news usually reigns supreme. So let's jump into the transfer portal as Boston college landed their second transfer in the last two days with the addition of UCF wide receiver, Ryan O'Keefe. Now this is a transfer from uh, a team team that has a good offense. He was one of their leading wide receivers with 150 receptions over the last two years. He's used a lot in the run game as well, doing a lot of jet sweeps and things like that. He's from Texas. And where does the connection come from when you hear a guy like this? He played with Daryl Wyatt, their offensive uh, wide receivers coach at UCF, so he's got a connection there. Comes to BC, this is a big deal. I mean, BC had some decent wide receivers and guys with good upside, but when you get a guy that comes in with 150 wide uh, catches in two years, that's a that's a that's a solid replacement, right, Mitch?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, he's listed at 5'10", 175, so essentially listed at the same exact size as Zay Flowers. Uh, profiles relatively similarly. You know, he's mostly a slot receiver but can play out wide. They use him in a lot of different ways. Use him on screens, use him on jet sweeps, like you said. Uh, even use my I think this is kind of the underrated aspect is he is does have a lot of experience to returning kicks. Yep. And that's something that I think could really help BC because they haven't really been able to get much of anything or they didn't really get much in twenty twenty in the return game 2021 they had some with travis levy who gave them some good returns but <clears throat> getting a guy with uh o'keefe speed is gonna be huge because again like you know you you lose a flowers you're like okay like they still have some good receivers coming up you know joseph griffin Jalen gill might be coming back dino tomlin's solid but you're really gonna miss that speed element that Zay flowers brings and o'keefe again i don't think he's gonna get drafted anywhere near as highly as Zay, but He brings that speed. He might even be, I think, maybe even like straight line, just faster than Zay, which is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a big addition. You know, when I I saw the name and I looked up the stats, I was like, okay, let's look at what UCF writers were writing. And I sent this along to Mitch, and I think it was paywalled from him so he couldn't see it. But a lot of the writers were saying, like, he's going to end up at a Blue Blood. Some team's going to pay him to come to his school. And the fact that he's at BC, you know, this is the second day in a row that BC's landed, and we'll talk about this later, a a recruit, a transfer, that's a big deal. Um, And I I didn't think, you know, I thought BC would go after some wide receivers, but I didn't think they would get top end talent. That was the the big question. The big thing that surprised me about this is this is a guy that's established. This is a guy that's not like a project. He's done it. And, you know, I'm looking at this picture of him too, and I didn't even write this in the article. I see a big C on his chest. So clearly he's well-respected in the locker room as well.
1: Yeah, and that'll be huge because you know, next year, BC, you know, they've got a lot of a lot of guys coming back. We'll get into this later, that you know, played last year, but they're still really young. But getting a guy who's played a lot of a lot of college football, and I know UCF is technically still a G five program, but that that you're playing at the high, at the highest level of G five when you're playing at UCF. So he's playing, you know, big time college football, and he's a leader for that team who's had a lot of success in recent years. So getting that guy in the room, and especially a guy that is familiar with the wide receivers coach is going to be huge and again like now you're really just not you have no worries about this wide receiver room at all you've got i mean the thing that people say about like a a wide receiver room is you want like a basketball team you don't want all the guys to be the same kind of player like you want you have your quote-unquote center in joseph griffin who can be your you know post up and you know get those vertically contested catches you've got slashers and guys like um like guy like brian o'keefe who can just like you know get to the hoop really fast and you know just beat guys with his speed and then you've got guys like Jalen and and you kind of can say like oh guys you like create their own shot or who create yards after catch that's Ryan O'Keefe Jalen Gill doing an extent Jalen Gill's kind of a point guard that does a little bit of everything if you will and kind of the same with Dino Tom and then you, know, you still have young guys like Jaden Williams Lewis Bond and Dante Reynolds who we're still kind of figuring out what they can do but we've seen them produce in flashes
0: yeah and I think that's important to note too that there's still some question marks of on the depth of like, who's coming back and who's not. I mean, uh, just as, as a note, I, I've talked to, I've had my sources that I've talked to about Jalen Gill. Last I had talked to them. They said that he didn't know what he was doing yet. You know, he could, he had some options, so he could be a question mark. Of course, Jaden Williams, as many people here know is a giant question mark. We don't know what happened with him. He just sort of disappeared. Same with Lewis bond. We don't know where happened with him. He sort of disappeared. So, I, I like that they were proactive about this because we don't know what's going to happen with those guys. And get and you go out there and you get, as you said, like a, a guy that you, you're never going to replace a flowers, but you get a guy that brings some intriguing intangibles and tangible uh, benefits to your offense. I mean, I mean, I'm going to be honest here. A guy with good speed with Emmett Moorhead's arm is something that I think, I mean, you, you, we're coming off a three and nine season, but should get you excited about what this offense could do next year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the news we'll talk about next is probably even more reason to be excited about the offense next year.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's get to that in just a moment. And we we will, um we'll talk about the next big piece of news, which is not a transfer, but honestly, the biggest news probably of the off season. We will get to that in just one moment. Now, You're hanging with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the road to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive safe or get pulled over. All right, Locked On BC, AJ Black. Before we get to our next segment, I want to do another plug here if you have not done so already eagle insider i am the editor and publisher mitch is on there he just did an ama for vip uh subscribers today i've been putting up news and recruiting information um got some some names that you may want to know about um for the class of 23 that VC is is in on you can sign up for eagle insider or you can sign up a friend for for a christmas present for 50 percent off right now and get this you get 50% off and Paramount Plus is included in your deal. So if you wanted to watch, I think Yellowstone's on there. If you want to watch the new Top Gun movie, that's on there. You get that all included in your yearly deal. Sign up at Eagle Insider today. That deal is going to be running out soon, so make sure you head on over. Now, we're back. We're talking about this 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 day, a fun day for Boston College. I, I, these are the types of, of off-season days that get me fired up because – you, you, you get excited about next season already and you see where things are starting to to fall into place and this big news the second piece is that christian mahogany a guard who missed all of the 2022 season with an acl tear from uh, uh from a non football related activity is returning to Boston College. Now, this news wasn't a complete surprise. We've talked on this podcast about how we assumed that he was coming back. But with Mahogany, it's hard to assume anything because he'd been teasing and, and trolling and doing all sorts of things on social media that made it really hard to see what the hell he was doing. But he announced it in a way that kind of fit with what he did all season, which was, partially trolling, partially, you know, having a little fun about it. i in a video you can check out on our, on our Twitter um, at AJ black, underscore BC, Mitch, you were telling me before the
1: break that you thought this was the biggest news of the off season. Explain why. Yeah, so mahogany coming back is massive for this team because I, I was texting you about this earlier today that like, honestly, in terms of who we expected BC starting offensive line to be going into the 2022 season, Before Mahogany's injury, all five of those guys are back. Like, uh, Ozzy is back. Finn Durstina can come back. We haven't heard anything to the contrary yet. Drew Kendall is obviously back. Mahogany's now back. And you get got Kevin Klein also recovering from an injury. But it's early in the season, so he theoretically should be able to get back in time. Maybe he has to take the spring off. It's a little slow getting back, but he should be able to go week one. And now, you you add Kyle Hergel, the the transfer from Texas State, who... Again, like I said, I, I'm not he's you know, he's jumping up a pretty big level. Texas State was a pretty bad program for the last few years. Um, so it's a been a big jump of competition, but he has tons of experience, he knows what to do, he knows how, who to block and how to block them. So if somebody goes down, he can fill in, you're like, Oh, he can fill in at a guard spot and be like, Okay, you know, we can get by fine. And then you've got guys who are backing up these guys that we talked about, who now have a lot of experience, you know. Not not a lot for a guy like Jude Bowery, but he has some playing time. You got Kyle Hergle, You got Dwayne Alec, who played a lot. He can play either guard position, and I honestly think he could fill in at center. You've got Otto Hess, who played a little bit more towards the end of the year, and Jack Conley's still a backup. He's still on the team, as far as we know. Uh, so, you know, he can compete for a, a spot at guard or tackle. There's talk about him getting another offensive line transfer from Miami, Ohio, and Caleb Schaefer. And then you got guys like, again, like you don't necessarily want these guys to be playing, but if there's another rash of injury, you know they at least have experience. you got guys like Jackson Ness, Nick Thomas. Um, and again, I don't really want those guys to be playing because they were not good last year, but at least they're not as raw as they were this year. They at least have some snaps under their belt. So now you're looking at an offensive line too deep. That is chock full of experience and bringing mahogany back helps everyone out because it really helps out drew Kendall because he had some struggles with adjusting protections. And if you get him, so you have mahogany on one side of him and you have either Finn Durston or Kyle hurdle, or maybe Caleb Schaefer. He does end up transferring here on his other side. Those are guys who have played a lot of football fenders. Not as much because he got hurt and he's been around a while, but you have guys who know what's going on and they can help you kind develop. It also takes some pressure off the tackles because they will know better how to handle stunts and twists and all that kind of stuff. They will know where to be going. So it, you know, if, if a guy like Kevin Kleiner on the, on the edge makes a mistake, the other guys should more often than not be in the right place. So them being in the right place can at least mitigate a mistake from somebody else. and, it's not going to be a cascading waterfall effect where if one guy messes up it, the entire play is blown up, which we saw a ton of last year in both the run and the past game. This is huge for BC. I'm, you know, I, we are really worried about this offensive line going, going, moving from this season to the next one. And I mean, I know that the guys that are coming back, some of them were not very good. Some of them were up and down, but you know, with the offensive line, it's sometimes you just kind of have to take your lumps and that's how you learn. And again, like based on how bad they were in 2022, it's, Nigh on impossible for them to be somehow worse in 2023. They, by just natural order of things, they have to be better. Right. Exactly. And those are all great
0: points about the line itself. I I think the biggest news, like, as you said, when you get all that clicking, you have to imagine that the off the run game that was so putrid in 2022 is actually going to have a chance this year. Mm hmm. And you're going to get guys like Alex Broom and Pat Garwo who are going to be able to do what they're supposed to do. Because last year, it clearly, like you watched those games, you saw what they did. Those guys had no chance. Mm -hmm. But if you're running behind Christian Mahogany and guys that now feel a little bit more empowered and or, you know, a little bit more experienced to do what they need to do. All of a sudden now the offense is a little bit more balanced and that's going to and that should. Trickle through the rest of the game plan.
1: Yeah. I mean, getting a guy like Mahogany in there, like I mean, he's a potential NFL. I mean, definitely top first two rounds, maybe first round pick next year. You have him replacing guy, and again, I don't I don't mean to be deme- belittling people, but like replacing a guy like Dwayne Alec, who has flip-flop between offensive and defensive line. Th- that's a huge difference. And like I've been saying, it's a force multiplier for the entire offensive line. They can all play more confidently, and honestly. I, I'm, I'm sure that they've heard all the smack that we and the rest of the BC community talked about them last year, and I'm sure that in 2022 they're going to come out angry and ready to prove all of us not wrong, but you know rewrite the narrative, if you will.
0: Right, and, and as they should. Like that's that. This is this is their chance to form their identity. This is a chance for them to to prove the punk <laughs> wrong. Um, and I, I, now the big question is going to be. <laughs> Well, we have a, a comment that I need to throw up there right now. You ready? Mm-hmm. Oh boy! <laughs> yep. Hey. Oh, look who
1: it is! <laughs> <laughs> Christian Mahogany
0: just tweeted. I wanted I put up in our comment section. I want you to put the word out there that we back up for you know that's the great um, Stringer Bell quote from the Wire, which is
1: what I quote tweeted his announcement with. That was the picture that I mm-hmm. used. So we're all on the same page here, which is great to see. <laughs> yep. Um,
0: so. That that I think that I think this is this is huge news for BC. Uh just everything that we've got every all the news that we've received over the last 24 hours, to me, and we'll get this into this in the last segment. I I feel like I know folks are, are down right now, but there's all of a sudden a, a sense of hope. There's a sense of, okay, Halfley understood some of the things that they needed to fix. He's addressed a few things, he's He obviously landed a guy back that some folks thought wouldn't come back. That was destined for the transfer portal. And, and now things are, are looking positive. And I I think that is all you can ask for when you have an off season like this.
1: I'm sorry. I was, uh, I zoned out a little bit. I was reading something else. Was, was there a question? <laughs> okay. Very sorry. sorry. I wasn't saying anything. I was just saying that there's some optimism about
0: this team heading into 2020. Though. Oh yes.
1: Yes, absolutely. Sorry about that. I was like reading something else. So my bad.
0: <laughs> and so in our final segment, we're going to look a little bit at Halfley and I want to talk about the culture that he's setting a- and kind of the cumulative set of moves that he's made already Um setting up, for a 2023 season that's already starting to look interesting. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Now, BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports cash, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more. I love Bet Online; it's super easy to use. You can find anything that you need there on the site, and you know, like whenever you want to make a bet, it's it's super easy to find. Um, I, I love that they have like prop bets on there. You can get it all on Bet Online, so make sure to head on over to Bet Online, where the game starts. Locked on BC, A.J. Black here. You know, we're talking about um, this this big, big Wednesday for Boston College football. And we're we're talking positivity here. And, John, I'm not going to get into your comment <laughs> because you're going right down the other road. Any coaching changes? Are we really running back the same staff? I haven't heard anything otherwise, buddy. So we're, we're going to say yes. But we're going to talk about this coaching staff. We're going to talk about Jeff Halfley. Specifically... I, I was I was texting Mitch earlier today, and I wanted I said to him, "This is the second straight year Boston College has had a player at an elite level. First, you had Zay Flowers, then you had Christian Mahogany. That if you were to say, like, if you were just to use college football logic, you would assume that these guys would enter the transfer portal and get their bags somewhere else. And now both of these guys." Uh, both of them announced that they're staying with Boston college and and both had very similar language in terms of, uh, you know, I don't want to leave this culture that they have here. I love this school. I love this program. I I feel like even though the results aren't there yet, Halfley is building a culture with this program that is transcending all this NIL stuff. And I believe friends of the Heights and things like that are going to help address some of that but I feel like the program itself is setting up a nice base for, for some success if they can build upon that on the field.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that I'm starting, I'm starting to write an article about, and it's kind of about how Jeff Halfley, one of, I think it, the biggest goals that he had or he needed to have when he took over this program was that he needed to kind of, if not change, just shake up the culture because I think it wasn't in a good place at the end of the Adazio era. Um, you know, you saw some guys leave and it's kind of been up and down with that department, but you know, this year it's obviously a really bad year. Um, and everybody kind of went to the offseason season thinking doom and gloom, like all these players were going to leave all these players are going to hit the transfer portal. And obviously that still could happen. You know, still time, but you know, you, you see a ton, tons of guys hit the portal as soon as you can, and then they're gone or they're still waiting to find offers. And you haven't really seen that mass exodus by any means. You know, you saw Jason Matry leave uh, and he's been getting a lot of offers. So I'll, Props to him. Uh, Dracovic obviously leaves because he kind of probably said, they were also, Hey, like, we want to move forward with Moorhead and, you know, he wanted to go back to Pittsburgh and be with Frank Sinetti, which again, totally fine. And then Dalen Menard hits the portal and he had taken all of three snaps in BC in his BC career. Mm-hmm. Um, am I forgetting anybody that else hit the portal? Kevin Pine, Kevin Pine, right. A guy who had didn't play until the final drive of the final game of this season, uh, which was his first action in three years of the program. So, I, I, you know, all the transfers are, I think you can, they're reasonable and there hasn't been that huge exodus. And you're seeing a lot of these guys who they're older players, like, you know, Elijah Jones, Joshua DeBerry, Finn Vinnie Vinny DePalma, like they're older players and they're obviously graduates, you know, they, they could leave, but you know, as far as we know, they haven't hit the portal and they haven't, there's, they're still coming back because they still have eligibility. And for guys that, you know, for a guy like Vinny DePalma, like, uh, I don't want to slight Vinny by any means because he's been a very important player for this team for several years, but he's a guy that probably doesn't have a future in the NFL. just based on size and athletic ability. And so you think, okay, like he's been playing football for a long time. You know, we obviously have all this information about football and it's long-term effects. And i am saying, you know what? I've got my degrees. I'm good. It's time to hang him up, but it seems like he's still coming back for another year. And that's really good. Cause you know, like I said, you know, there are certain limitations to his game, but he's a vital leader for this team. He makes a lot of clutch plays in the run game. So You know, I I think that you're you know a lot of people again were very down on Halfley, and I think a lot of those criticisms were extremely fair. But it's encouraging to me that you're seeing that these players are still very bought in on him, the vision that he's selling, and the school and the program in general. And you know, I think this team obviously has a lot of stuff to fix on the field, but it's good to know that at least in the facility, in the building, you know, outside of the game, that this team is you know still bought in and still willing to work together to try to get this thing going in the right direction.
0: Right. Because if you look at some programs, like if you look at the leaders in teams that have players enter the transfer portal, you look at a team like they're, they're, they're usually teams that don't make a bowl, right? Texas A&M, I believe is the leader right now. Last I checked, they had like 20 something players in the transfer portal. And yeah, many of them are probably in there because they're talented and can get other places. But I still think that players as i said mahogany would be a big one and zay flowers was another that you know if things are not going the right way they could have just went for for um you know a, a bag somewhere else and they didn't do that and you you know one of the biggest questions i get on eagle insider i do i have my ask aj anything uh, uh post and i feel like the last 3 weeks i or last 2 months aj who's going to be the next decommitment and i'm like folks I'm talking to these recruits. They're not going anywhere. Most of them are are pretty locked in now. BC just lost one, but that had nothing to do with them losing, and or anything with culture. It was it was a it was a another issue with you know looking at other programs. BC the players want to stay here right now. The recruits want to stay here. They're still buying into Halfley. And I think that's important for folks to realize while the fans are pissed off as hell. And believe me, I get it. This last year was terrible to watch 2021 wasn't much better It had its moments, but it was still tough too. But even with that, the players want to be there. The players want to perform. And, you know, we can, you can say what you will about this last year. You have to wonder when you get a mahogany back, you get, you know, the, te- the re- recruit from UCF and, and Texas state and, pro- and I, I get the sense they're not done. I think they're definitely looking at some other positions. You know, I, I have to wonder if think if the chips fall better for BC, if the chips go in the right direction where you don't lose your entire offensive line and, and, and you know, twice, basically once to the draft and once to injury, it, will, things get better this year. Um, and it's a big question mark, right? I'm not going to go out there and say it's going to definitely get better, but it, it, it I mean, definitely I, gives you some hope that it could.
1: I, I'll go on record and say it, like it again, it's just going to get better by, it should get better by default. Again, assuming you don't have a crazy rash of injury luck, which if that happens back to back years, that's crazy. And that is something we should, we've kind of talked about a little bit, but we'll need to talk about it more then. But again, I, they don't, I think they, now that it, with the mahogany Hå- back and they're getting these depth players, I think they will be good. But even if they're just back to being like, decent and competent you know can get some movement in the run game that can at least allow the offense to function at a at a base level you know if, if they come out and you know i mean they're not playing clemson so that's good so but like florida state who's pretty much always gonna be chock-loaded with athletes especially on the defensive line like if they have jared Verse coming back if florida state you know gives them a lot of problems next year I, I get it you know florida State has a really talented defensive line but you know they can't be coming out there and getting their butts kicked by you know holy cross and yukon and army and virginia and virginia tech like if you can just be like solid good to, solid to good against those teams and then competent against the rest and it's like okay that's fine we can we can because the whole thing people i get i get people were mad at the office coordinator for not getting a better offense on the field but when you when you're calling these plays you're thinking okay like they're i'm 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 hoping that they can at least block this, you know, to the bare minimum of their abilities. And sometimes that just didn't happen. You're just like, man, like, and when you can't block the simple things, you're like, okay, well I can't call anything that's more complicated because there's no way I can be able to block that. And at times, you know, there were times where they had to call those complicated plays just because, Hey, listen, we got to try to find a way to stay in this game. And then, you know, disaster struck sometimes. So, you know, we, we have, we have, a, I think us as BC fans have a tendency to, uh, you know, vacillate wildly swing on the pendulum in terms of like hopeful and. uh hope and despair so you know i i think now that this this is all good news but you know might want to temper it with say like hey like you know we've been disappointed a lot before but you know it's we can enjoy this for now but you know let's not run completely wild with this saying like all right you know has the fourth and dude guys say 12 and o's back on the table or whatever right exactly
0: yeah i I, yeah i think it's it's good to have it's good to have a a, a little bit of um, a happy medium here. I think is the way to look at it, right? Like instead of, um, you know, being Debbie Downer all off season and just talking about like, you know, when are we gonna fire Halfley? We're we gonna fire Halfley. Let's look at he's not going anywhere. Let's look at what can happen this season. What 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 could be the positive? But hey, we've seen other things that have happened too that we still should be concerned about. Things that. He hasn't been able to do and we can do that too. But you know, this podcast would be really boring. If all we talked about every day is why haven't they hired fired halfly yet? why haven't they fired halfway yet? Not get, that's not our style. That's not what we're talking about. Um And we've already, I think Mitch and I have already talked about, you know, what, where things stay and, you know, the, the, the rationale to, and the rationale not to. Um, And that's kind of where we're at with this. So, you know, for now, It's a fun, that's a fun episode and fun to talk about. And I see you all out there listening. And if you have not done so already, if you are one of the people listening, make sure to subscribe. If you want locked on BC video sent directly to your feed every day, hit that subscribe button. I can't promise you that Christian Mahogany will be there listening and commenting on every podcast that we do, but we've had him on the podcast before. And he's over there commenting right now, Uh, but um, we're a fun podcast and we're going to, we're going to, I think it's going to be an interesting off season and we're going to get to spring ball before you know it. And we'll get to see some of these guys in action. And there's still more news, I think in the transfer portal that BC should be getting relatively soon, but we're going to wrap things up here. We're almost at a half hour and I get yelled at when we go over a half hour. So Mitch, where can people follow your work?
1: You can find me at Mitchell T Wolf W O L F E on Twitter. Uh, the AMA actually, is actually responding to a comment right now, so you know, keep going in there because I, I was able to kind of take somebody's comment and that kind of inspired me to write something. So, you know, keep going with questions. We're kind of having a debate over uh, quarterbacks right now that kind of got away from BC, but whatever. It's fun to talk about. Uh, and then, so like, and then like I said, I will be having that article out probably sometime next week because uh, it's going to be a, a bit of a longer one because it's a uh, it's going to cover a lot about kind of bc football from a i guess more of an esoteric standpoint
0: and christian mahogany's still out there listening as you see
1: <laughs> put up another comment there we go um,
0: you can follow me on twitter at aj black underscore bc i'm the editor and publisher of eagle Insider, part of the 247 sports network um and uh <laughs> i'm still laughing at this this is funny uh but we'll be back tomorrow to talk more bc sports and uh, congratulations! Before I leave, I should probably congratulate the vo- women's volleyball team. Won the NVIC, I believe, over the Drake mm-hmm. Bulldogs. Uh, So they to, a- It's basically the NIT of volleyball. Uh Congratulations to them! I, I, I think they bit- can
1: still get into the the tournament, like the NCAA tournament, though. So, oh, cool! It, it's kind of like a, a precursor tournament, I think. At least that's kind of what I've seen from Twitter. So I could be wrong. I, I, I don't claim to be a women's college volleyball expert by any means, but from what I've seen a little bit on Twitter, that this is kind of like a precursor tournament. So I, I obviously,
0: we're not going to do a whole segment on women's volleyball because I don't know anything about volleyball, but I, I do think it's appropriate to shout them out for yeah, having absolutely. A, a big win tonight. So congratulations to the, to the women on that team. So we'll be back tomorrow with more news analysis and everything in between. For Mitch, this is AJ. We'll see you again soon. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. See you soon.